Hallelujah. But we want to, we're teaching a series right now on healing the sick, coming at it from the direction of you being a minister of healing. How God has called you to minister healing. And so some ways that we can be more proficient in that and uh, making sure that we've got our foundation right and steady. And that also will help us to be stronger in faith when it comes to our own healing. Hallelujah. And uh, praise God and, and we will have understanding of how to get other people healed. Hallelujah. I think sometimes, just like we do with prayer, we do it with healing. Hallelujah. Where um, we just kind of throw everything into one basket and say oh it's all kind of the same and like prayer has many different kinds of prayer and oh man even within the kinds of prayer there's not one set way to do it the holy ghost is our leader and the holy ghost is very creative and uh praise god and i know as time goes on and the we and time passes that we will see people pray in ways we never even knew that people could pray that way I was reading uh, in a book this week, just picked it up one morning. I'm reading this book called The Prophetic Intercessor by James Gall. And it's really a good book, and, but it just came to the end. It said, the definition of a prophetic intercessor, and you'd have thought they wrote it about David Ellis. I said, well, that's what he is. He is a, I mean, that may not be all he is. I know he's a pastor, but he is definitely a prophetic intercessor. And a prophetic intercessor uh, a praise, and it's kind of a mixture of prayer and prophecy. And uh, one thing I really liked that this book said, it said that when the prophetic intercessor prays, the very power to birth whatever he prays is also present when he prays it. So hallelujah, he was, he was here birthing things for Word of Life Church. Hallelujah. Well, we, are know, we all know this. I mean, I know that this witnesses in every one of your spirits that we are called to be a healing church. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So we want to sharpen our skills to be more a, a more effective healing minister. So I want to kind of do uh, interactive. Can we be interactive tonight? Hallelujah. Y'all might say, please no, but hallelujah. We won't make you speak. But um, I want to ask you to give me three scriptural proofs that healing is God's will. Because you may have to do this for someone. So you don't have to quote me scripture and verse and all that. Can you just tell me something from the scriptures that's a scriptural proof that it's God's will to heal? And you may have thought of something. There's not just three, but I was just looking for three. Okay. So she's talking about um, the covenant revealed in Isaiah 53 and also 1 Peter 2.24. Okay. That would be, okay. God sent his word and healed them. Okay. That's a good scriptural proof that it's God's will, isn't it? In fact, it just all but says, this is my will. He says, I wish or I will above all things. Hallelujah. So that's a good one. Hallelujah. Anybody else? Well, okay. Well, you know, it just so happens that I didn't write down any of the three that y'all did. <laughs> Hallelujah. But those were good. So I wrote down, and so you can jot, jot those down, but here's another one. Matthew 8, hallelujah, verse 2 and 3. Now, if you just, if you want to know, 
you can study healing for Matthew 8 is just a healing chapter. It is full of so many uh, examples of healing and uh, principles of healing. But in Matthew 8 verse 2, And behold, there came a leper and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. Or in English, modern day English, if you will, you can make me clean. In verse 3, And Jesus put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will be thou clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. And you could say, well, that might be just for this man. But on the basis of uh, uh, Acts 10.34, God says, in Acts 10.34, it says, God is no respecter of persons. So just on that basis that God is no respecter of persons and the fact that he said, I will. In the Jerusalem translation, it says, I want to. In the Phillips translation, it says, of course I want to. In the Weast, which is my very favorite of all, it says, I am desiring it from all my heart. Does that not just move your... That makes me emotional to think that Jesus says to us, I'm desiring it with all my heart. No matter how bad you want healing or how bad you want to see somebody else healed, God, Jesus wants it more. He is desiring it with all his heart. That should bring great comfort to you. So Acts 10, 34 says he's no respecter of persons. So if he was desiring this with all his heart for this man, this leper, then he's desiring it with all his heart for you. And um, also Ephesians 6, 9 that says with God, there is no respect of persons with him. No respect of persons. God never loves one above the other, wants to bless one above the other. Hallelujah. Wants somebody healed and this other one, I don't really want you healed. I'm going to let you suffer. That is just not our God. Hallelujah. So what we have to surmise is when somebody got, gets, doesn't get healed, guess what? It's not God. You say, it's hard to say. It's my fault. But the truth is, if we, don't, if we don't get healed, and we've had some people that are pretty dear to us go home to be with the Lord this year. And none of them would blame God, though. They would not say it was God. I know when our piano player died, uh, and she knew she was going to go, you know, in Texas, and we'd worked with her on healing course. We didn't know enough, I can tell you. We didn't know what we even know now. And uh, she said, though, she said, Debbie, tell them it wasn't God's fault. It was me. It was my fault. And a lot of what it was with, um, with Terry was that she was under a lot of condemnation from the past, and she just could not seem to come out of that condemnation. So uh, number two, scriptural proofs, God's will is, will is healing, is Matthew 6.10. I think this is a great proof. This is Matthew 6.10 is the Lord's Prayer. And it says uh, in 10, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. So we know for sure Revelations 21.4 tells us that, there is no, that heaven has no sickness, no death, no pain. And God would not have told us to pray something out of that is like, well, pray that there be no sickness in earth, but it's not my will. That would be nuts, wouldn't it? He wouldn't do that. So because of the Lord's Prayer, which nearly everybody knows, the Lord's Prayer. Um, number three, 
Uh, Hebrews 3.18, this very simple one. And this is a because of the fact that Jesus Christ uh, healed the sick when he was here on earth. And then he, uh, he uh, excuse me, Hebrews 3.18 says, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if he was a healer yesterday, then he's a healer today, and he will be a healer forever. So that's three scriptural proofs, along with the three that y'all gave us. So that's good. Now, let's give three scriptural proofs that sickness is of the devil. These are things that people need answered in their life. And one of the things we're going to have to be able to do is answer their questions and take them in the scriptures to places and show them things. So you may want to get a card and laminate it or something and keep it in your purse. So if you run into somebody that's asking questions about healing, I know I have a, uh, I don't know if it's this Bible, I may not have transferred, but one of my Bibles, which are all just alike, but I have a, something I just glued in my Bible about the baptism of the Holy Spirit because it seemed like some of those scriptures were a little hard for me to just recall on the spur of the moment where they were and so I've got it where somebody asked me for scriptural proof on the baptism of the Holy Spirit I can turn in my Bible it don't have to have a cheat sheet hallelujah because eventually if you keep meditating on it you'll get them down in your heart where you can just flip to it and so, um, hallelujah, until we get that way, let's have a cheat sheet for healing. Amen. You can take these scriptures we've been given tonight and you can uh, make you up one. So three proofs that sickness is of the devil. A lot of people think sickness comes from God. So do you have three scriptural proofs? Can you give us one? And you don't have to give us the scripture and verse. Just give us the principle. Or the, okay, Kathleen. That's right. I put that one down. John 10, 10. The thief steals, kills, and destroys. And we know for sure that sickness steals quality of life. It steals finances. So, and we know it had, it's the thief that does that. And Satan is the thief. Okay, so do we have another scriptural proof that Satan causes sickness? Okay, we've got Barry up there. That's Acts 10, 38. He went about doing good and healing all those that were sick and oppressed of the devil. For God was with him, I think it actually says, the last part. Acts 10, 38. Okay, can anybody give me one more? I know when I got those two down, I was like, okay, and I really got to think about this. It was like, okay, I'm out of answers, Lord. Okay, but I, 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 I believe God and he showed me one. So you, how many of you, does anybody have one that you can say? Well, if you'll turn over to Matthew chapter 8, back to the healing chapter in the New Testament, Matthew 8, 16 says, I'll wait till I don't hear pages. It says, when the even was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils, and he cast out the spirits with his word and healed all that were sick. Verse 17, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. So in Acts 16, we see that he cast out devils and healed the sick. And, and, and Matthew says that that is proof that, he's, that he is actually fulfilling Isaiah 53 and uh, verse um, 4. Isaiah 53, 4. And that he is fulfilling Isaiah 53, 4 by casting out devils 
And Isaiah 53, 4, we know says, Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. But Matthew translates griefs and sorrows as infirmities and sicknesses. So that is scriptural proof that the devil having to be cast out, that he calls the sickness. Now, you know, all sickness is caused by the devil indirectly or directly. All sickness came at the fall of when, when, when uh, Adam committed high treason. Sickness came in. In the Garden of Eden, there was no sickness. But every time you have sickness, you may not have to have the devil cast out. But I think probably more times than we realize that it's not. Now, for instance, you came in, you have a cold. That's probably contagion. That's not possession of the devil or, or devil, d demonic oppression. But if you've got arthritis, I promise you it's a devil. And so when I pray in the mornings, I always, and uh, you don't have to say my arthritis, please don't. Or, but if any type of symptoms, and even as preventative for the future, uh, I always say in my prayers, I say, I resist arthritis. I resist the demon spirit of arthritis. I will not take you. You cannot come. Hallelujah. And I resist you in every form because fibromyalgia is just a type of arthritis. And there's other things that they call other names, but their root, it's really arthritis. It comes from that root. And so we need to be speaking to things all the time and refusing things. You don't have, you can say a no ahead of time. I take Brother Charles Capp's book on healing, his little book on healing. I have, but I've completely adapted that to myself. I have marked outlines of things that I don't want to, I just don't want to, that's not, I don't feel led to speak to that right now. And I sure don't lead to feel led. Some things he speaks to more than once. And I don't speak to it. And, I'm, and I have totally adapted to my, to my, to my own. I, you should see mine. It's got things marked out and things wrote between and that I say over my body. I like to say that daily. Hallelujah. But that's not all I do. I think if that's all you do, then you miss the healing power of the Word of God because this is just confessions based on the Word of God. And it's not the Word of God and the power. So we need to do that commanding thing, that authority thing, which is what you get from that book. But then we also need to take the Word of God and put it in our heart, put it in our spirit. The Bible says it is life, health, and medicine to our flesh. So every night I read, whether I feel like it or not, sometimes I'm tired, but I speak out loud healing scriptures. And then, of course, sometimes during the day and and. Uh, you're not gonna you're it to to have healing in your own life is going to be a fight. And it's not a fight because of God. We've already read, I want to. I'm desiring it with all my heart. It's a fight because of the devil. Hallelujah. We have an enemy. So, okay, so there we have the third proof that sickness is of the devil. I want to give you tonight how Jesus heals the believer three ways. 
Now, I'm not talking about laying on of hands, anointing with oil, and stuff like that. That would fall under these three ways. I'm going to give you the three ways that Jesus can heal the believer. The number one way that Jesus heals the born-again person, not the lost, but the born-again person, is, is your faith. Your faith. And uh, hallelujah. And we find over in Romans 1.17, now a lot of people are waiting for a miracle. Not a good idea. In fact, I'll just tell you honestly, you can die waiting for a miracle. But Romans 1.17 says, and this is how the Lord, this is what the Lord's desire is. This is what he wants. Romans 1, 17. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. He does not desire that we live by miracles or gifts of the Spirit, we could say. He wants us to live by faith. Faith. He wants to take us to take our own faith and use it. And we can. 2 Corinthians 5 7. And this is important because this is going to determine how you minister to born again people, believers. And you're going to have to find out okay, you know, where are they at? you got to locate people. Where are they at in this? So uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 7. For we walk by faith and not by sight. The just shall live by faith. We're called to live by faith. We're called to walk by faith and not by sight. And so uh, the best thing we can do is start walking and living by faith. You need healing in your body? Start walking and living by faith. Then if the miracle comes, hallelujah. The gift of the Spirit operates. Glory to God. But if it don't, you're still going to get yours. Hallelujah. And let me tell you something. If you get your own healing by faith, I guarantee you, you'll keep it. If you get it with your faith, even though it might take a while, it might be a struggle. And sometimes it's, it's a, you have to just walk and walk and walk. And it's never God we're waiting on. Never. It's always us that we're making adjustments. Changing how we think. Changing what we say. Getting those little keys of the kingdom. Believe in God. Be, be believing God for keys of the kingdom for your healing. Hallelujah. Lord... Be praying prayers like, Lord, you now, I've believed I received, but you correct me anywhere I'm wrong. Holy Spirit, please correct me. Please love me enough not to leave me right where I'm at. Thinking I'm believing and something's way off in my, in my thinking. Romans 10. Hallelujah. So your faith, your faith, your faith. This is how God planned it. He, this is how he wants us to live. And thank God for the gifts of the Spirit. We'll talk about those in a minute. Romans 10, 6. But the righteousness which is of faith, 
speaketh on this wise. Say not in thine heart, who shall ascend into heaven? That is to bring Christ down from above. Or who shall descend into the deep? That is to bring up Christ again from the dead. But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. It goes on to say, if you will confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that... Uh, uh, that God hath raised Jesus from the dead, thou shalt be saved. And we know that word saved doesn't just mean go to heaven. But it is, uh, it, is, uh, it is redemption, it is salvation, it is healing, it is deliverance, it is prosperity. By faith, your faith, living by faith, walking by faith. Hallelujah. And just keeping on, keeping on. That's what we need in the body of Christ is a little, is some more keeping on, keeping on. Some steadfastness. Not giving up, not just, you know, if you feel weak, don't worry about that. Just keep going. If you feel like you're not in faith, Smith Wiggler said sometimes when you feel like you're the least in faith, really you're the most. Because you're not going by feelings. When you feel like you're in faith, you're going by feelings and may not be at all but when you don't feel like you are most of the time you really are and it's powerful and faith is a lot stronger than what we feel remember we sing that a lot hallelujah it's a lot stronger than what we feel so hallelujah get ready folks for a faith walk I was listening to Joyce Meyer and she said in all the years that she's been in this and all the years since she got baptized in the Holy Spirit and been in this she said one time has she had a supernatural deliverance. Out of all the problems she's had and all the situations she's had, only one time has she got a supernatural deliverance. And you are going to laugh. And you know what God delivered her supernaturally from? Crunching ice cubes. <laughs> Out of all the stuff he could have delivered her from, bad stuff, the only time he delivered her supernaturally without her having to get in there and plow with faith was from crunching ice cubes. She said, you know, that she crunched them everywhere she went. I thought, I kind of got under conviction because I'm an ice cube cruncher. I'm an ice cruncher. And he, she said, uh, we'd be eating out. I was just getting into this. We'd be eating out with other ministers and I'd be over there crunching ice cubes. And she said, one day Dave said, Joyce, you've got to do something about this, <laughs> you know. And so she said, well, Lord, I need to do something about this. And she said immediately, she never wanted ice again. Hallelujah. I thought that was really funny. <laughs> Hallelujah. One time. I'm not. And she said, but one thing about using your own faith is that's the only way you're really going to grow up. She mentioned that. Okay, number two. The way that Jesus heals believers is your faith and someone else's faith together. Hallelujah. And when we, and that could come through you coming up to be prayed for, you coming up to have hands laid on you, uh, you getting somebody to agree with you, it wouldn't have to be in church. Um, so your faith and somebody else's together. And um, when this, in that situation, one of the people's faith will be dominant. There will always, always be one that has the dominant faith. Now I'm going to tell you something that's probably going to amaze you. You know, people came to Jesus for healing. And Jesus walked by people all day, every day. Sometimes people think he just, he healed everybody in the whole country that he saw that was sick. But he didn't. But on the other hand, 
Nobody ever came to Jesus and asked for healing and went away without it. We have no record in the New Testament, in the Gospels, that anybody didn't get healed when they approached Jesus. You know, just the approach means there's some faith. You know what I'm saying? But we know Jesus walked by the man at the gate beautiful every day or every time he was in Jerusalem. And yet it was not until the apostles, Peter and John, walked by and saw him begging that, uh, and he begged from them, you know, shook his cup or whatever they did. And he said, they said, silver and gold have I not. No, no, they first, they said, I missed this part, the most important part. He, they said, look on us. You know, a lot of people, we can't get them healed because we can't get them to focus. I know one time somebody came in the church and stayed three or four weeks. <laughs> Hallelujah. And in that three or four weeks, they asked us to go to DCH and visit somebody that was, I think they had cancer. And we got up there and that lady, she's dying of cancer, but she won't give us no more focus. She would not look on us. She didn't say, oh, praise God, there's hope. Or praise God, somebody came to help me. She, you know, TV, distractions, her kids tell us all about everything from everywhere. And you know, when, you, when somebody does, so a lot of times we'd make a mistake to even pray. We'd actually mess up their faith because they're not going to get healed. So better just to kind of pray a little prayer of, Lord, bless. When we did this, we said, well, let us pray for you real quick. And we got out there. We said, Lord, bless this lady and help her, you know. And we just prayed a sweet prayer. We didn't pray a healing prayer. Because she wouldn't, she wouldn't look on us. But first, first and now if the, if the man at the gate, beautiful, had just said, he wouldn't, maybe if he wouldn't have focused. Now, was he blind or just lame? He was just lame, so he could see. So if he had been sitting there begging and they said, look on us, what if he had said, oh, that man always gives me a lot of money, and he, he was still and just ignoring them. Do you think he'd have got healed? No, he wouldn't have. But he did. He stopped and he gave them their, his attention. And they said, well, we don't have any silver and gold, but such as, we have, give, such as I have, give I thee. And he, the Bible says when he looked at them, he looked expecting to receive something. It didn't matter if he was expecting healing. He was expecting. And expectation is a big key to healing. Hallelujah. Okay. So, um, <clears throat> praise God. So, when Jesus walked the earth, he healed people, and he didn't turn anybody away that come came to him. And... Um, Obviously, we know that he added his faith to theirs, right? But we would presume, because Jesus was divine, he was the Christ, he was the Messiah, that it was always his faith that was dominant. But we would be wrong. Because we know many times in the Gospels, what did he say? Your faith hath made you whole. Now, he added his faith to theirs. But your faith has made you whole. They had the dominant faith. Jesus didn't. Hallelujah. I think that's marvelous myself. Absolutely. A lot of times um, he uh, made an adjustment in their faith. He would ask a question to locate them. He would say uh, things like, uh, 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 help me, pastor. <laughs> Well, one, I'll tell you one. One time he kind of rebuked a man. A man said, 
uh, if you're able, heal my son or something like that. And Jesus really spoke harshly to him. He said, if I'm able, no, if you're able to believe, hallelujah, and God owned to him. But oftentimes he would say something to test their faith or adjust their faith. You know, uh, that happened a lot. Okay, so then the third way to, that Jesus can heal the believer is by a gift of the Spirit. So we don't sit back and wait for a gift of the Spirit in order to get us healed or even to minister to somebody. Because Romans 1.17, we're called to live by faith. Let's go over to 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and let's look at the gifts of the Spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and let's look at the, at the gifts of the Spirit and let's discern which ones actually... Um, let's discern which ones actually work in healing. Because it's not just the gifts of healing, which obviously would work in healing, but others of these work for healing. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom. Now we know word of wisdom has to do with the uh, past. Has to do with the past. That could work for healing if somebody had something blocking their healing. You know what I'm saying? Then we have the word of knowledge, which that often operates with healing. I know Brother Joe Morris, he operates with word of knowledge and the healing ministry, and he stands in the office of prophet, and how little, how little are we, um, we are not excited about God and the gifts of the Spirit like we weren't, once were. Because we don't even hardly pay attention. And if we knew, you know, if they had known Jesus walked among them, and if we knew what really the gift of God that walk among us, I personally believe that when the gift of the Spirit of the Word of Knowledge comes into operation, and it may not be true for every minister, but I know it's true. I believe it's true for Joe. I know it's true here because God told me. He told me, one day he gave me a whole thing about the gifts of the Spirit and how all nine gifts of the Spirit were going to operate in Word of Life Church. Now, not in the future someday, now. We need to esteem them highly. Uh, you know, you know did, how many of you were so super excited when you first got saved or maybe when you first got baptized in the Holy Spirit? Just, I mean, just crazy wild. I mean, that's how we were. We were just wild. And we got really excited over the littlest things. And now we don't even, God does things for us and we don't even hardly pay attention to them. We hear God speak and we don't get excited. I know we used to, you know, Michael come in, guess what God told me? Oh, I'm so excited, you know. And then we call up Martha and Johnny, oh, y'all got to come over tonight because God spoke something to me. And now we're kind of like, oh yeah. It's so common to us. It just became so much of a way of life. You know, tongues, you know, used to just cry while we spoke in tongues. Shed tears, real tears. Oh, it's so special. Isn't this wonderful? Oh, my gosh. Oh, look what we got. Look what we got. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Don't have to be Baptist no more. 
and believe nothing <laughs> except we're going to heaven. We do believe that. And we, did, we did believe it. I'm thankful for that. I never did doubt my salvation because it was preached night and day, day and night, every week. So I knew I was saved. I knew I was saved. I didn't go around doubting. Hallelujah. So I'm thankful for that. But, you know, I was tremendously excited about the gifts of the Spirit. Just to hear somebody flow in the gifts of the Spirit, we'd drive from Seagraves to Abilene and drive back that night. It's three hours. You know, didn't think nothing of it. Didn't think nothing. Wasn't ashamed of nothing. Singing at the top of our lungs. Hallelujah. Pray for anything that wiggled. I literally pray, prayed the gophers out of my backyard. My neighbor came over and said, I just don't know where all these gophers are coming from. Do y'all have gophers? I didn't really mean to pray them into her yard, but I guess it was closest. And so, I mean, I didn't say go to, go to Carol's yard, you know. I didn't say that. I just said get out of mine, and they just went the closest place, you know. I said, not anymore. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Praise God. So we were excited. So we can get excited about these gifts of the Spirit again. It will start flowing. But I believe, now I lost my train, but here's where I'm going. Word of knowledge. It, at least in this church, and when brother, and also one of the things the Lord told me, when He told me all nine gifts of the Spirit, He said it would affect every guest minister that came into this church. That even if they didn't flow in the gifts of the Spirit normally, they would when they were here. And if they normally did, they'd be upgraded and flow in a higher place than they were here. Now that was interesting because Pastor David told us when we were eating lunch one day, he said, uh, you know, I don't flow like this in my own church. We said, you don't, you don't flow and pray and prophetically and all that like that. And he says, I have a few times, but not really. He's just, yeah. Hallelujah. So, uh, so, the, so the word of knowledge, anytime it operates. Now, that, I, I still had not said what I'm going to say. <laughs> Boy, I'm building y'all's anticipation. Uh, the word of knowledge, anytime it's in operation, the gifts of the healing will also be in an operation. And when, a gift of, when the gifts of healing are operated, you don't have to wonder, am I going to get healed? You is healed. Just start thanking the Lord. Uh, to another faith by the same Spirit, that'd be special faith. That's not just ordinary believer faith. That's not the God kind of faith that you get when you're born again. That's not the measure of faith that you get that every man has just so they can receive Christ. But this is a higher type of faith. It's a gift of the Spirit. It doesn't operate all the time. But when you're operating in the gift of faith, you could believe. You can believe anything. And it's not even hard. You don't even have to work at believing. It's the easiest thing in the world. It's harder to doubt than it is to believe when the gift of faith is in operation. So that could work with healing. Then, of course, gifts of healing, which is plural. So that means that, that we don't even know how many there could be. And then even under these, under the gifts of healing, not just the gifts, but every minister will operate in those differently. Some may spit. Some may anoint. Some may lay hands. Some may kick you. As uh, Smith Wigglesworth was prone to do, throw you against the wall. That you, you got really. That's probably special faith, also. Hallelujah. I know it would be in this day and age. 
Hallelujah. Gifts of healing. So the working of miracles, we know healing could be included in that. Although miracles is not just simple healing. But when there's a limb missing, Rita, she's believing for limbs to grow out. Rita, that'd be working of miracles. Hallelujah. So uh, that, would, that could apply to healing. Even prophecy could, uh, prophecy could bring forth healing. Discerning of spirits, certainly. You could see that devil. Hallelujah. You know, Brother Hagin used to have a way that the Lord told him, I'll show you. I can't remember, but if, it's, if his hand did something, it was, it was a just simple healing they need. And if it did something else, it was, there was a devil there and he needed to cast out the devil. Hallelujah. And then uh, tongues, interpretation tongues, I don't know, I guess could be, but I don't really know of that. So y'all have to study that out for yourself. Okay, then let's move on. Let's go to three ways you could get the unsaved healed. Three ways that Jesus would heal the unsaved. Now, un I just keep wanting to stress that under these three ways, you're not limited, you know. You might be like Peter and John and say, in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. That would be one way. One of the things that's always good to do when you're presented with a situation is to real quickly ask God, what would you have me do here? Under your breath, Lord, what would you have me do here? Hallelujah. Of course, getting in the presence of God, you could even know ahead of time maybe something that you're going to do that night. Or uh, praying in tongues, God could show you things. Always be believing God to show you things to come that you might be readily prepared for the future. Don't like to be unprepared, do you? You sure don't want to be unprepared if they're demon-possessed. That could be uncomfortable. I want to be prepared. Hallelujah. I don't want to leave my house unprepared for what's even in the road up there. Hallelujah. Okay, number one way to get the unsaved healed would be a gift of the Spirit. Hallelujah. A gift of the Spirit could operate through you. You could have a word of knowledge. You could be walking in the grocery store and have a word of knowledge about that woman over there. That woman's got something wrong with her throat. That'd be a word of knowledge. That would obviously mean God wants you to talk to her. Not just say, that's interesting. Obviously. I like, you know, one person said, assume the light's green unless it's red. Hallelujah. In other words, you can spend all night trying to figure out, does God want you to pray for somebody? But if you don't get a check, go ahead. Hallelujah. Okay, number two is the minister's faith and authority. In other words, your faith and your authority. This works when they are, in, they are open or in neutral. If they're opposing you and, no, I don't want you to pray for me, and, uh, or just, uh, I don't believe in that stuff, they're not open, they're not neutral, hallelujah. If you can get them, if they're open and neutral, that you can, a lot of times people are very open and very neutral when they haven't been religiously brainwashed. When they haven't grown up, sometimes people are religious even though they don't even go to church. I found it's hard to find anybody in the South that's not religiously brainwashed. Just because we live in the Bible Belt, it kind of not as profitable sometimes. Because they've heard Grandma say something, and you know, 
And if you, like uh, Bill Johnson and his church in Redding, California, they're getting a lot of people healed just out on the street, unbelievers. But a lot of times, folks, they hadn't heard nothing. And you tell them God wants to heal them, and they're not even too upset about it or scared about it. Or it's like, really? And that would, if somebody said, really? That would be pretty much indicate they're open. Hallelujah. God won't heal somebody to prove He's real. God won't heal you to prove to your friends He's real. God won't heal you to prove to your friends He still heals today. No. You'll never get God to heal you from that premise. So get off of that way of thinking and believing. Because another times we run into an unbeliever, we want to, oh God, heal them just to show them they're wrong. Hallelujah. If he wants to do that, he'll do it by a gift of the Spirit. Now, I've seen people by a gift of the Spirit who were totally objecting to something get healed. I know a man in our Bible study when we first got filled with the Spirit, he didn't want to be prayed for, he did, but, but hallelujah. Pastor was just had a word. He just had an unction. Press on in and he got his back healed. But he was a very, very new believer. He wasn't even baptized in the Holy Ghost. He was a new believer. And sometimes God knows their heart. God knows if it's religion, if it's unbelief, if it's even, a, I don't like the healing stuff, or if it's just fear. And he'll go past fear, but he won't go past, he won't, he won't go past their old nasty attitude. But he'll go past if it's just fear. You know? And uh, so if they're open or in neutral, your faith and your authority most of the time can get them healed. So that's another way to get the unsaved healed. The third way that Jesus heals the unsaved is by hearing preaching, by the unsaved hearing preaching, uh, and followed with that by the laying on of hands or something like that. Let's go over to Mark 16. You know, if, if you want somebody healed, you can always just start talking about healing and start showing scriptures or something and if, until they walk off or start threatening to hit you or something. You know, Joe Holland used to say about selling alarm systems, don't leave until they call the police. <laughs> Hallelujah. I think sometimes we need to be of that, of that way about, um, you know, hey, I'm going to read this scripture to you. And there, you know, see, how the, see if the fish takes the bait. We need to lose our own reputation. Hallelujah. You know, I'm not doing anything and I got some people hating me. Pastor's got some people hating me, hating us, and we hadn't done nothing to them. We hadn't even tried to preach the gospel to them. We might as well preach. They can't hate us worse. Not everybody, but there's a couple of people that are just really vaunching their teeth at us just because they got a devil, not because we do. Somebody got a devil, they don't have to have a reason to vaunch at you, be angry at you. Say ugly things to you. Write you ugly letters. They don't have to have a reason. Hallelujah. We're going to get persecuted. Let's get persecuted for something. Amen. Okay, by hearing preaching. So Mark 16 says, now Mark 16 is not written to the church. It's written to the church in the sense of what we're supposed to do. But this is not how we, we don't go to the church and say, we don't go ye into all the world. That right word right there, world, implies go to unbelievers. It doesn't say go to the church. 
It says, go to unbelievers and preach the gospel to every creature. Not to the ones that just want you to, but start preaching and see what happens. By that, I don't mean getting you a pulpit. Now, wait a minute, I'm going to get my pulpit. And I'm going to get my Bible. No, just start preaching. Did you know the Bible says? Did you know this? And one of the things that the Bible tells us to do, remember the, who was it that got healed? Was it the, I think it was the man that was lunatic and was out in the desert. And when Jesus came off the ship, he was, uh, they had him bound and, you know, and Jesus set him free and the pigs ran into the sea. And so then he said, Jesus, I want to go with you. And Jesus said, no, no, you stay here and go tell what great things God has done for you. One of the best ways to get started, and you'll bring a hush in the room, a holy hush, is to start telling them something Jesus delivered you from. Did you know God healed me of this? Did you know that? And you know what? And the doctor said this, and you know what I got prayed for, and I went back and it was gone. You start telling them that, and you'll either clear the room, or somebody will listen. Only, remember, only one out of four is good ground. But you know there is that one out of four. I was good ground when somebody told me the first time. I know Colin, he was, I told you about this, he's sick all the time. When he was a baby. Mostly it was just me. I was an overreactive mother. But I was raised by one. If I sniffed, I went to the doctor. If I sneezed twice, we went immediately. I, you know, my daughter-in-law, Chris, boy, I tell you, she, now some things, she's, she's, uh, she's very into the kids. Man, all their activities and all that. But when it comes to healing, even Nanny will be, well, he has a fever. And she'll be like, he'll be fine. He's fine. He's okay. I'll call the next day. To, well, how's Carter? He's fine. He went to school. He's fine. And she's just tough. On Michael's parents were tough. You didn't go to the doctor, that would be 60 miles away to Reese Air Force Base. You were not going to the doctor. Never, except when he broke his arm. I don't even know how he got there. It might have been the school that took him. <laughs> Hallelujah. But uh, my mom was, uh, she took, she, I, I don't know, maybe it was because I was an only child. Because I don't ever remember her being sick. I never, I thought about it today, I never remember one time my daddy being sick my whole life. Not even with a cold. And it sure wasn't because of faith. I don't know what it was because of. Probably because of being raised tough. When you're raised in Fort Griffin, Texas, you are tough. You step on a nail, you just keep running. They ain't going to take you clear into Albany to get a tetanus shot. Not in 1935. See, sometimes we make our kids weenies because we we're in fear. We don't have, and I'll tell you one thing, Chris don't have any fear about it, her kids being sick. You know, she don't. I, you know, I'm proud of her for that. And uh, she's strong in that area. She's not sick either. She just missed work. Are you kidding? They just don't happen. Okay, so, you know, being tough and everything is, is important. But go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth is baptized shall be saved. So we preach salvation too. But he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. If they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. This is the great commission. This is 
the, this is go into the world. The highways, the hedges, the world here in Tuscaloosa County, the world here in, uh, in Alabama, the world over in Africa, India. Hallelujah. Go ye into all the world, preach the gospel, lay hands on the sick. And they will recover, he says. Hallelujah. Mark 5, 25. Because this is about hearing preaching. This is the way we get the sick healed is by them hearing preaching. Mark 25, Mark 5, 25, uh, Mark 5, 25, yes. Hallelujah. And a certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years and had suffered many things of many physicians and had spent all that she had and was nothing better but rather grew worse. Look at this. When she had heard of Jesus, she heard something. And then she came. She came in the press. She took her measure of faith. All she had was she was not, she was not a new, new, she wasn't born again. The new, it, hadn't, it couldn't even happen yet. She wasn't born, Pastor Buzzy always said that she had natural human faith. What he's saying is she had that measure of faith. That faith that you get just to get born again. She had that. She took that measure of faith. Not even the God kind of faith which you have. She took that measure of faith and she heard something. She took it and she heard something and she went after it. Hallelujah. And instead of waiting to have hands laid on her, she just went up and touched him. So it doesn't really matter if you touch them or they lay hands on you. Hallelujah. So we don't, we uh, praise God. Now go to uh, verse 34. Look at this. And, the, and he said unto her, daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Thy faith, her faith. And she didn't have the faith we have. We have a better kind of faith. We have an upgrade. The very faith that Jesus had. A God kind of faith. Hallelujah. Luke 5.15. Luke 5.15. I'm winding now. What does that mean? Nothing. Hallelujah. 5.15. My notes are winding down. Luke 5.15. But so much the more went there a fame abroad of him, and great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed by him of their infirmities. So we have here where the lost... Not born again, came, uh, they advertised a meeting. The Bible talks about how he would send his disciples out, his front men, ahead of him into the town he was going to go into. I was just reading it the other day, but I can't tell you where it's at. Well, it's got to be in Matthew because that's where I'm reading. And, and he sent his team out ahead of him to tell them Jesus is coming. There will be miracles, people will get healed, and they came to hear and be healed. It makes all the difference in the world, even for a believer, if you'll come to hear to be healed. Hallelujah. You're not going to be able to get healed coming to church once a week. You're not going to be able to get and maintain healing coming to church twice a week. You're going to have to do some stuff on your own is what I'm talking about. You're going to have to get some books and study healing. You're going to have to get some uh, CDs maybe and, and listen about healing. There's lots of marvelous faith teachers out there. And now you can get it free off the internet. Oh my word, it's free now. Are we not truly without excuse? Even if you don't have any money, if you have the internet, or go to somebody's house that has the internet, and go to the library, and you can listen to Keith Moore free. Teach on healing. You can probably, uh, there's probably others, but I know his are free. And you can listen to Andrew Womack, teach on healing, free. Hallelujah. And we have to keep renewing ourselves to this. I mean, Pastor and I have them on our iPod now, downloaded. He took every, he's not quite through, but he's taken every CD and cassette that we have and digitized them and put them, now they are available to go on our iPod. And um, because, see, our cassette tapes 
are since 1980, and they were starting to deteriorate. They, we were fixed to not have the stuff by Brother Hagen and Keith Moore and David Horton. Got every CD, got every tape David Horton made until the year we quit getting them. But anyway, so we go out to heal the unsaved, and there's three ways to get them healed. Gift of the Spirit, the minister's faith and authority. That's how you're going to do it the most often, number two. Just by using your own faith and your own authority. Knowing who you are in Christ. Knowing the power that's inside of you. And number three, by hearing preaching. So, you know, get them to a healing meeting so they can hear and be healed. That's how John Smithwick does it. Goes out and advertises in some town in Bangladesh or some town in India or Pakistan. And they flock in by the thousands and they hear and they are healed. Now, let me say something. These last th three, the three ways to get the unsaved healed... That is the dinner bell. Now, I saw online on a, somebody's Facebook page, it was a minister's wife, and she gave a great testimony. She told about a doctor in their church that had cancer and uh, uh, got used her faith, got prayed for in the church, and got healed of cancer. And it was a doctor. Now, that's kind of like a double miracle, isn't it? <laughs> Hallelujah. I think it is. Because sometimes their medical mind will defeat them. And um, so, uh, but so somebody, you know how you can comment? Somebody commented and said, that's the dinner bell. And I said, no, it's not. That's not the dinner bell. God don't ring the dinner bell for Christians. We don't need a dinner bell. Healing is the children's bread. So the first three, that's your bread. That's the children's bread. These last three, that's the dinner bell. The dinner bell, God rings. He heals people to get them saved. He kind of does it on the credit, kind of. By the gifts of the Spirit, by the minister's faith and authority. It's important that we know this. Sickness and disease do not draw the power of God. Hallelujah. Does not draw. If sickness and disease drew the power of God, nobody in the world would have anything wrong with them. It's faith that draws the power of God. Faith draws the power of God. It's not even long prayer. Oh, if we just pray long seasons of prayer. Well, we could pray long seasons of prayer, and if we were praying in unbelief, you know, who is it that said, uh, I think it's Brother Hagin. Oh, yeah, it was Brother Hagin. He said, uh, in the, some of the churches he was in when, back when he was a pastor, he said, I'd pray them over into healing and I'd get with them and I'd minister to them and I'd get them healed and the church would pray them out of healing. You know, we get a gift of the Spirit and somebody, and praise God, praise God, praise God. And then they get up the next week and say, y'all pray for me that I'll be... They'll, you pray, they'll pray them right back out of healing. That's right. So sickness and disease do not draw the power of God, but faith draws the power of God. Hallelujah. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So, um, healing is the children's bread. If you're a child of God, healing's your bread. That's what Jesus said. I didn't say that. Jesus said it. He said it to the woman who came and wanted her daughter healed. And he said, well, I'm not sent, but to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And I, I don't, we don't, something to the effect of we don't give healing to the dogs. 
And she said, yes, yay, Lord. But even he said, and then he, and that's where he said, healing is the children's bread. And I don't give healing to the dogs or we don't or whatever. I'm paraphrasing. But, and she said, yay, Lord. But even the, the dogs get to eat the crumbs from the master's table. And he, and he said, your faith have made you whole. Your faith. She just, once again, she took that, 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 uh, that measure of faith. Took what she had. And God healed with it. We're called to walk by faith. We're called to live by faith. Hallelujah. And you know, if you're believing for a gift of the Spirit, that's okay. But you don't just sit and wait. Be walking by faith towards it while you're waiting. If you, know, if you can even say that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, I got some announcements to make tonight, but first I'm going to pray. Father, I pray for this congregation and Father, I pray that by your grace and by your gifting that you would put within us, that you would cause us all to be healing ministers into Tuscaloosa County. And Father, that we would be one of those uh, healing centers, one of those uh, frontier outposts, one of those hallelujah, one of those irrigation centers that would bring healing to our county. In the name of Jesus, Father, help us to get over ourselves. Father, help us to not be timid or shy or fearful or embarrassed of the gospel, but we would be bold ministers everywhere we go. And Father, I thank you, hallelujah, 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 that Lord, you would increase the anointing even upon our lives so that people uh, would be drawn to us. In Jesus' name, oh, we thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. God, I thank you for revelation. You give us a clear understanding of healing, that we can understand the foundation, the principles, so that we can operate effectively. And Lord, if there be any among us that are not completely well, Lord, we thank you, Lord, that, that healing is the children's bread. Healing belongs to them. And I release healing now into their bodies, the healing anointing, and I thank you, Father, that every organ, tissue, cell, membrane, nerve, and joint and bone in their body would function in the perfection that God created it to function. I resist, and you resist it too. I resist every spirit of infirmity, every spirit of arthritis. You cannot come on our bodies in Jesus' name. You are forbidden to trespass on our bodies in any form, under any name, in Jesus' name. We are healthy and strong. Lord, our strength is increasing. Our youth is renewed like the eagles. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're healed to be healers. Freely we have received, we freely give. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Bless God. Bless God. Well, Lord, will.